give you a couple quick announcements. This weekend is our encounter weekend, and uh, if you have not been to an encounter, let me just encourage you to sign up and come. And uh, there's nothing like, I, I, I'll just tell you this, I don't care how long you've been saved, I don't care how spiritual you think you are. If you have not been to an encounter weekend, you just, you need to go to one. And so this is something that we instituted last year, and we're going to be doing twice a year, and this is what we tend to do. Instead of just putting God first, we'll postpone and Well, when's the next one coming up? And somewhere between now and the next, you'll have an experience like that. <laughs> and you could have avoided it. Amen. But uh, in that area, uh, the encounter is to get away to be face-to-face with God. And last year in the fall, we did it, and we come, we're going to be healed, we're going to be renewed, we're going to be restored, revived, and filled, and it's just an amazing time, because God never intended for you and I to live with our old man just canned and pressed down on the inside of us. And, and I've been doing this for over 30 years, and I can tell you, very few Christians are as free as they should be. Jesus says, those who the Son has set free are free indeed. And there, is, there are some things that have kind of gone out a little bit in left field when it comes to inner healing. But if you have abandonment issues in your life, if you have anger issues, if you have resentment issues, if, if you have an orphan's heart and you feel like your parents were there, if you feel you came from dysfunctionalism, if you were ever abused, or discouraged, we think, oh, I'm free, it never rises up. And then somewhere down the road in your, path, in your future and in relationship, things rise up and you wonder where this is coming from and how come I can't get a grip on this and how come I go through these cycles because you've never let God heal that. And most of us have a hard time opening up. Okay, just don't, you know, if you came up and grabbed my cast right now, I would probably have a reflex response because it's sensitive and I would... You know, and I wouldn't mean it, but, I, but I, I'm in pain. And if you touch my pain, it would cause a reflex. And so if, if you have those issues inside of you, and something in life comes along and touches that, you're going to have a reflex. And you're probably going to connect with somebody who had no connection with your pain. You're going to react against somebody who was no part of your pain, but because you've never allowed that to be healed, you keep having these reflex reactions. And it keeps affecting people who had nothing to do with your pain. Are you with me? And so on Encounter Weekend, that's what that is for. It takes us to the cross, brings us to the love of the Father, gets us through the cross, in Christ's victory, and then teach us how to live on the other side of the cross completely free. Amen? So that's this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and then we finish up Sunday morning. So that's available to you. And then also coming up uh, is uh, our season of service. All the information's in your bulletin on the encounter, but the season of service is coming up, not this week, but the first week of April. And uh, we are going to be up here on the little hill. There's 11 houses up here. We did a walkthrough this last week with the property owner. And uh, some things we're going to be doing, blessing some families there. And uh, cleaning up that area. And uh, just reaching out and loving on our community. Amen?
And it's just the, the beginning of things that we're going to be doing in outreach in our community and blessing the community. Praise the Lord. So that's there. Uh, let me just read this to you before we get in the message this morning. And uh, I found this. I went through. Is anybody a piler besides me? And when you organize, you just make your piles neater and move them to another spot. And when you stand back, you go, man, that looks so good, but nothing went away. Okay, there, there, are, there are some normal people in here. That's cool. Amen. And uh, so I was going through my piles and cleaning some of my piles, magazines that I was going to read from 2004, and uh, things like that. Very cool. Leadership stuff, you know, one of these days. The paradox of our time in history is that we have taller buildings but shorter tempers. Wider freeways but narrower viewpoints. We spend more but have less. We buy more but enjoy less. We have bigger houses and smaller families. More conveniences but less time. We have more degrees but less sense. More knowledge but less judgment. We saw in the video. More experts yet more problems. More medicine but less wellness. We drink too much, smoke too much, spin too recklessly, laugh too little, drive too fast, get too angry, stay up too late, get up too tired, read too little, watch TV too much, and pray too seldom. We've multiplied our possessions but reduced our values. We talk too much, we love too seldom, we hate too often. We've learned how to make a living, but not a life. We've added years to life, not life to years. We've been all the way to the moon and back, but have trouble crossing the street to meet a new neighbor. We've conquered outer space, but not inner space. We've done larger things, but not better things. We've cleaned up the air, but polluted the soul. We've conquered the atom, but not our prejudice. We write more but learn less. We plan more but accomplish less. We've learned to rush but not to wait. We build more computers to hold more information to produce more copies than ever, but we communicate less and less. These are the times of fast foods and slow digestion. I've never seen so many pills for constipation relief in my life on TV. (laughs) Famous actors, Activia. I'm just saying. Big men and small character. Steep profits and shallow relationships. These are the days of two incomes but more divorce. Fancier houses but broken homes. These are the days of quick trips, disposable diapers, throwaway morality, one night stands, overweight bodies, and pills that do everything from cheer you up, to quiet you down, to kill you. In a time when there is much in the showroom window and nothing in the stockroom. At a time when technology can bring you this letter and a time when you can choose either to share this insight or just hit delete. Remember, spend some time with your loved ones because they're not going to be around forever. Remember, say a kind word to someone who looks up to you in awe. Because that little person will soon grow up and leave your side. Remember to give a warm hug to someone next to you because it's the only treasure you can give with your heart and it doesn't cost you a cent. 
Remember to say I love you to your partner and your loved ones, but most of all mean it. A kiss and an embrace will mend your hurt when it comes will mend hurt when it comes from deep inside of you. Amen. And then above all else, remember to hold hands. Amen? Just a thought. I don't know. I felt like reading it. Maybe it didn't bless you, but it, I liked it. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For the next couple moments this morning, just going back through, and I, I just want to take a few minutes and walk back through. Sometimes we go too fast through too much. Can I just say to you, most of what you've heard, you haven't learned. I mean, no, we just hear a lot today. We hear a lot. If we ever comprehended half of what we heard, we'd be really smart. Amen. I want all the talking heads on radio to have to actually have to do something before they're allowed to talk. Ever notice all the political people that know how somebody should run for office and they've never been elected to anything in their life? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they should do this. If they did this, if they did that, if they did this, if they did everybody knows everything, but we just don't we know how everybody else should do it, but we don't even do it. Amen? Amen. And even in our walk with God, we, we know everything about God, but we have maybe we just don't have the relationship that we should have with Him. We know how everybody else should fix their marriage and we go home and fight with our spouse. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good this morning. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This morning I want to take just a couple moments and we're going to talk about death and resurrection. And uh, just praying about that. Everything, we're coming up on Easter. And Easter is really isn't a Bible term. Easter is not in the Bible. Easter is a pagan term that we connect to Resurrection Sunday. And uh, so, which is why the world celebrates a Cadbury bunny that dumps out chocolate candy-filled eggs. and Amen. And I just know, I read through Genesis, and Adam did not name a Cadbury bunny. I just I read the list. He did not say, that's a Cadbury bunny. He did name a duckbill platypus, but he did not name. Just How many know what I'm saying? But we have all these things that go together, but for, that, that just don't tie together, but we're coming up on Resurrection Sunday. And what brings us together today is the life of a resurrection. The thing that speaks to us and calls to us is a life that follows resurrection. Or that a death produced life. And I said to you last week, we are being sold and have been sold since the resurrection a deathless Christianity. And there's no such thing as a deathless Christianity. There's no such thing as a deathless marriage. I tried to illustrate it to you last week. With every battle you will have in your marriage, if you're married here today and you're fighting, you're fighting over something that will not die. You're fighting over something that you choose to not let die. And if you will let it die, and you will sow it, you could probably keep it in resurrection, or it may come back to you in resurrection. The great thing about sowing in resurrection is that when it comes back, it always comes back in multiplied form. 
it always comes back with increase. Anything you hold on to, if I gave you a thousand dollars today, if I come up to you and said, the Lord told me to bless you and give you a thousand dollars, how many would receive it? Okay, I do not have that word from the Lord today. (laughs) But if you hold on to that, that is the most it will ever be in your life. In order for it to become more, it would have to move away from you and out of your control. And you would have to sow it and invest it into something that had hopefully a promised return. Or else that's the most it will ever be. But if it's sown, it has the potential of becoming more. Now in the world, the best the world can give you is interest on your investment. And today, that's basically nothing. Simple interest. When our parents were growing up, my parents' simple interest account, you could get 5 or 6% or even 7 or 8 on straight passbook savings. You could get 9 to 12% on CDs and, and long-term savings and things like that. Today, you might get a quarter of a percent on a passbook saving, maybe the fees they charge you for telling you what you made is more than what you made. Are you with me? But in the kingdom of God, nothing you sow is connected to simple interest. It's connected to the law of multiplication. God says He will multiply what you sow. And when you sow unto others, you always receive back in multiplied form. And it usually comes back in something other than in the form that you sowed it. Are you with me this morning? It's just like what we did in the offering. Every time an offering comes by, you have this opportunity. What you have in your hand, what the balance was in your checkbook today, whatever you have, what you have in your hands is the most you will have unless you do something with what you have. And God says this, if you will give me what I ask for from you, God puts a need before us. With His disciples, He put the multitudes before them, and He said, you feed them. He said, no, we need to send them away. We don't have enough to feed them. He says, you don't need to send them away. You feed them. Feed them with what? Give me what you have. I will take what you have. I will mix it with mine. I will multiply it to you and give it back to you in multiplied form. Then you will give out of that. And what left over will be more than what you had in the beginning. It will come back to you in multiplied form to give out and you will have a multiplied increase left over when it's done. Are you with me this morning? And that's the law of increase, of kingdom increase. If we had time, we could go through the Bible and cover a lot of these areas. But something happens when we learn to sow our life. Jesus invites us To come into relationship with Him. But you can only come in through His death. You have to go through the way of death. Just like in a marriage. The thing that doesn't die when you come into a relationship. A husband says, I can't give up my friend. I can't give up my Friday night out. I can't give up my trips. I can't give up this. I can't give up that. What you don't allow to die coming into the relationship will probably be the thing that you will fight over through that relationship. And what you're trying to keep will never be any more than what it is. It can't multiply. But if you sow it, 
It can be raised back up in newness of life. And when it comes back, it will never be a wedge of division between you and the ground that you sowed it into. So the things that I sowed into relationship with my wife, the things that I chose to allow to die when I came into relationship with Pastor Sue, have been given back to me in multiplied form. But they have never come back in such a way that they have created division in our relationship. If I would have tried to keep them, now let me just say this, if you're visiting here today and you're new here today, I failed in a relationship, which is how I got saved. I went through a divorce, Sean's mom and I divorced and broke up, because I expected her to become me, to be like me, to like everything I like, to do what I like. I was the coolest dude on earth. I could ski and video myself. I could do all kinds of stuff. She'd want to be like me. She'd like to learn to enjoy what I like. Conform to my image. I know none of you have that idea when you enter into relationships. Are you with me? And so as a result of that, I, I never got to know her. I never cared about any of her interests or doing that stuff. I just expected. So through time we drifted apart and it lasted a year and a half and failed. And when I came to know the Lord, that's when the Lord told me. And I met Pastor Sue and started dating her. The Lord showed me, you did, you, you, you didn't, you did this, 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 and this. And that's why that failed. So it became my responsibility. If I was going to get it right, I'd have to let everything go. So I gave up all my interests, all my likes, everything, and sowed it into our marriage. Because I didn't want to fail. Are you with me? I meant that. And when it came to giving my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I had already given my life to the Lord. And that's what I said. I had nothing to give. All I had to give Him was a failure. I'd lost everything of any value in my life, and all I had to give Him was a failure. But I gave Him that. God will take your not enough and turn it into more than enough. And what I thought was nothing, God has turned around and is you, because there's something already in you. I don't know whether you get this or not, but if you can hear this, your life is given to you as a seed. When I showed you a couple weeks ago, I showed you the acorn. There's already a tree inside the acorn seed. But in order for the oak tree to come out of the seed, the seed will have to die. The seed can't just walk around. I'm a tree, I'm a tree, I'm a tree. I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. I want some shade. I have shade in me. Most people have a sense of purpose on the inside of them, but they don't want to go through the process to let the purpose come out of them. We don't want to pass through death to have resurrection life. Are you with me this morning? And most of what we're preaching across our pulpits in America tells you that you can just have onto your acorn and somehow still have the tree too. I'm sorry it doesn't work that way. The acorn is going to have to die, guys. The seed has to die. And so I sowed my life into God's kingdom. And then when I met Pastor Sue, I chose to sow my life into her. And over the course of time, God began to add things up. I love outdoors. I love sports. I love doing that stuff. She has no interest in any of that. Amen. And so as a result of that, I gave it all up. It didn't matter anymore. I believe that having her and having life with her was more valuable than any of that other stuff. I found something worth putting first in my life. Are you with me? And so in doing that, then just a short period of time later, we're married and, and, uh, in 1979. In 1981, we go to I mean Bernie to be on, on staff there and work in the church and in the school and stuff. And her dad comes up 
and he brings up a rifle that he bought me. He gives me this Remington ADL 30 out six scope and everything. He goes here. Would you like to? You know, are, are you going hunting this year? I said I haven't thought about it, but I might. He goes, well, if you're not going, I'll take it back. I said, I think I'm going. <laughs> Amen. But see, look at I, I look at I, I didn't listen. I didn't sew a rifle. When I got saved, I didn't have any guns. I lost everything. I, I lost everything. I had ten when I when I got off the plane in California. I had ten dollars in my pocket and a duffel bag of construction clothes. I, I, all I had to sow was my life. And so, then he sows this into my life. And that's added back. And then, um, so, I say, honey, can I go hunting? Yeah, go. So I go hunting. So I go the first weekend, and we don't see anything. And then the next weekend, she braves it and says, I'll go with you. And we were going to go camp. So we drive up on top of the mountain up there and, and, and above Bieber and we get up there and we pull up there and it's just sun's just getting ready to set and I pull up and all my instincts are on full bore. And I go, this is a really good time. Let's park right here. Let's walk up over this knoll. There might be something up there. You never know. We walk up over the knoll and I see this nice three-point buck standing there. Boom, I shoot this buck. She goes, what? Where? Where? What? So I kill this nice deer. We drag it down the truck. We're done. You know, 20 minutes. She's like, what's the big deal? <laughs> so now these years, when you go spend a week, you come back. You see any? Well, so, what's the big deal? What's the, come on, 20 minutes. Shouldn't take more than 20 minutes. But anyway. <laughs> we just... So we go through it, but God brings things back in multiplied form. Amen? In doing that. And, and, and I'm just saying, and, and while we're passing there in Bieber, a guy came up to me. He goes, do, do you have a shotgun? I said, well, I, don't, I haven't bought one yet. I don't have one right now. I just feel like I should give this to you. He gave me about a $1,200 Browning 20-gauge side-by-side. He goes, here, I just feel like I should give you this. You, you'll never be able to afford it. I said, I just did. But see, if you have seed in the ground, you have, if, all I'm saying is that God has a way of bringing... And, and those were my interests. Those were the things that I had to die to in order to have... First, first, in order to have life with her. Are you with me? To choose her, I had to choose to give that up. And over the years, I mean, God is step by step, God has added things back to you in so many different ways. And if you can choose to do that, now when you come to Christ, you think, oh, I had to give all that to serve the Lord. I have to put this up. The challenge is the Lord said, the devil always said, if you sow that, you'll never get that back. But Jesus says, if you hold on to it, that's all you will ever have. A man who tries to keep his life will lose it. Some of you have trouble giving in the offering just like this morning because you're afraid if you give that, you don't know where it will come from. I'm telling you, you can never be obedient to what God asks you to do in sowing into Him and not come out victorious on the other side. We have moments time from time to time as you walk through life, you have a moment from time to time to take a piece of your present, wrap it with your faith, 
and send it into your future where it will rearrange things in your favor. That's one of my favorite statements I've ever heard. I heard a guy say it one time. Giving is when you take a piece of your present, no matter what God's asking you to do, go and serve. Watch this. Watch this. Some of you, I'm, I'm going to get real personal right here. Some of you will not serve in church because you are too stingy with God's presence. Because you're afraid if you go in there and sow into a child's life, you're going to miss something in here. But if you would sow into a child's life, maybe the next time you showed up in here, manifestation and multiplication might show up. You didn't know I was going to go there, did you? But to take a piece of my present, wrap it with my faith, Send it into my future where it rearranges things in your favor. See, for that guy to come up and, and give me something, didn't know what I'd sown. He didn't know what I'd wrapped in my faith and you send up and you come across it down the road. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. So when it comes to your life in Christ, we struggle coming to Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you thought I forgot. Verse 35, but some will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So anything I sow, anything I read, unless it dies, it can't be made alive. I, I can't, if I sow something, but then after I sow it, I'm directing it, it's not dead. You're still controlling. You're in control. Well, I've released my kids. I've shown them into their future. Well, then why? No, you haven't. You're still up in all their business. Unless it die. Verse 37, And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be. You're sowing something. What you're sowing is not what it's going to be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as He pleases to eat seed its own body. So what you sow, the, the, the assignment is in the seed. And God ordained the assignment. So if I sow it, God determines what the harvest is going to look like. Are you with me this morning? And with your life and my life, God gives you your life. Hear me this morning, church. God gives you your life in seed form. Write this down. If you've been here, you've heard it before. But John 12, 24 is where Jesus said, speaking of His own life, He said, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. Your life and mine. He's referring to His own life as a grain of wheat. And He says, unless I die, and I allow myself to be planted then I will abide alone. But if I'm sown, then I will be multiplied. In your life and mine, in relationship, people struggle in doing that. You have to sow yourself. We talked to the men this morning about accountability and about building groups, about building friendship. you you got to be the instigator. You have to be the sower. Everything follows the principle of seed, time, and harvest. You have seed. You must be the sower. I said to the men this morning, it was awesome. We have 30 men at the site. We have 30 men. Two at, we've already had church 
At 8.30, from 8.30 to 9.30, we had church. We had a blast. 30 guys showing up for a discipleship class two hours before church. Now, if you haven't been in church very long, you don't know what that means. But if you've been around church very long, anytime you get men to come to church before church, to have church, something's happening. Amen? You don't get it. I know what's going on anyway. Praise the Lord. Anyway, but to go and to give your life into someone, to sow. And I said, as the pastor, I said, you know what? This week, not one of you guys called me up and asked me to do anything. And that's always my choice. I can either sit back and wait for somebody to care about me and think about me and contact me and reach out to me. Or else I can instigate contact. I choose instead of waiting to sow. And if I'll sow the phone call, if I'll sow the first step, if I'll reach out, you know what's amazing? I always find almost every time I reach out, somebody says yes. I said, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? Are you free? Can you do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, if somebody can't do it, I call somebody else. And if they can't do it, I'll call somebody else. Because I'm going to look for some place where I could sow myself and spending some time with somebody and hanging out together versus just being alone. Are you with me? But you do that, and then it comes back to you. Amen? It comes back to you. Praise the Lord. So it's given by... But you're given your life in seed form. And, the, and there's an assignment. Every one of you young people, your whole destiny is already inside of you. Two choices. Every one of you in this room. Some of you are still waiting to be sown. Because we sense it, but the whole death thing scares us to death. I'm afraid if I die, I die. Why don't I get it back? It's cool. If you don't get the concept, please plant a garden this year. Jesus spoke more parables that the kingdom of God is like a seed being sown than anything else. The most predominant parable that He says if you don't get this, you don't get anything else, is the sower sowing the Word, as we said. Last week. And I've talked to you about you becoming pregnant with the seed of life and conceiving and allowing the Word to become. Because the Word, this Word, contains every promise. But you just can't believe the Word and hold the Word and, and sleep with the Word on, on, the, on the, your chest. I have the Word. I have the, the Word doesn't abide here. The Word abides in you. Jesus said, if my Word abides in you, if it gets in you and lives in you, if it gets down on the inside of you and takes root and begins to grow down on the inside, then it will produce the harvest that it contains. Christians are walking around with the Word in their life, in their heads. This is Christianity today. You have it on your phone, it's in your ears. You have it on your car, you have it on your CDs, take that picture, post that on Facebook, put it with my video of my skiing trip. Yeah, there you go. No, I'm serious. But see, we're comfortable with it here, but we're afraid of it 
in here. David says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. And as long as it's just up here, I walk with the critical, judgmental spirit. I judge everybody else. Because I think I'm more spiritual than other people. Because I know more about God than you do. And I know how to say God when I talk about God. I'm spiritual. And I know how to pray deep, long prayers. People go, ooh, did you hear him pray? And I say, ooh, did anybody answer? First Corinthians 15, I lost my place. I got ahead of myself. Thank you, I'll be here all week. Amen. Verse 39, All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fish, another of birds. There is also celestial bodies, terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in what? The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body, there is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body, and so it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. God wants you to have life. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. But in order to have life, when he said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. It has to be a brand new life. It cannot be your old life. And the fear of coming and dying, it's the same fear in our walk with God that we have in relationships. Why are our marriages failing? Why is our divorce rate in the church as high as outside the church? Listen to me, I speak to this. I come from a failed marriage. I made the mistake. I bought the t-shirt. I have the scars. I have the wound. I've carried the pain. It's with me the rest of my life. But you don't have to live a failure. You don't have to repeat failure. And somewhere we can learn. And so when I come to Christ, I sow my life and He takes that corruption and He raises us up incorruptly. He takes the brokenness and He raises it back up in wholeness. Somebody ought to say Amen. And so for you and I, we, but we're afraid of if I give my life, what do I lose? Instead of never seeing the multiplication of resurrected form. That God will give it back to you in resurrection form. And resurrection is always multiplied. Are you with me? 
always my that's why I said and I know it's silly about a garden but it amazes me still that God keeps giving us this analogy of seed and he tells us to sow our life like a seed even when it comes to faith we think with such a secular mindset because we're trying to approach faith from our head instead of from our heart so we just think if I had more 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 and Jesus said if you had faith as the grain of a mustard seed you would say and it would obey And because that does not compute in our head, we move on to something else. But I'm going to tell you right now, your life right now is the harvest of every word you've spoken. Staying steady, trying to say it politically correct. My allergies keep acting up. My arthritis. My rheumatism. My migraines. My... We face challenges. But more people are naming and claiming. I get mad. People say, are you a naming and claiming preacher? Absolutely. You're a naming and claiming person whether you want to or not. I don't have this. I don't have that. Yes, you do. That's why you don't have it. Don't shout me down. I'm catching a cold. It's flu season. Don't go outside... I, I went up to see Frank Graber the other day. And the lady said, uh, you have to mask up. He has a respiratory in, uh, infection. And if you go in there, it, it's contagious. I said, I didn't come here to get it. <laughs> yeah, but. Ooh, Joe, I should have had you put the butt video up. We are a big butt society. We need to be a butt reduction. All of us need a butt reduction. Because you have more butts than you have amens. You have more butts and contradictions to the Word than you, than you are saying, so be it to the Word. Are you with me? We say in our relationship, you always say, you always do, you always say, you always do. What did they do? What you always say and what you always think they're going to do. It works everywhere. Are you with me this morning? Works with me. So, somewhere I have to change that. And with the seed being sown. Are you with me? Every word is a seed. And it's going to produce a harvest. Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said this, Every man will be justified or condemned, not by your offering, 
Not by anything else. Not by your service. Not by anything else. Every person will be judged and condemned by their own words. If I receive Christ, if He lives in me, His life lives in me. Everything He says He is lives in me. And as a new life, I have to believe that and receive that. Amen? For the Word to become new in you, all your old thoughts have to die. When the Bible says, don't be conformed to this Word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Kind of like this. I, I hear about all these new... I, I mean, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why in the last several years we're inundated with so many drug promotional programs. Almost every commercial is a new drug. Take this. I love the ones that say, if you or a loved one has taken this and you've suffered the side effects, even death, please call our law office. Okay, I'm dead. How do I call? But they have, you go down through all this stuff and it says, okay, you have allergies, but you can take this and your eyes won't run, but every other orifice of your body will. (laughs) Well, cool, my eyes aren't itching, but everything else does. Amen, I'm passing out, my heart is stopping, all this stuff, but cool, my eyes don't itch. And what am I saying? Now watch, watch, watch. Everything that the world has to offer is a counterfeit for the promise of God's Word. And for some reason, you will believe. I do it, you do it, we believe. Please don't take this the wrong way. For some reason, we choose to believe. I can go to somebody I have never met who says he went to school, or she went to school. I don't know. I've never seen their transcripts, kind of like our president. (coughs) They won't make them known. But they said they know what they're doing. And so, can I just be real this morning? I have to quit. You will strip down and sit on a piece of tissue paper and let them probe your body and examine you and give you, well, I think we should try this. They don't say if you do this, this will work and this is your answer. You try that. Go home and take this, and if this doesn't work, come back and see me in two weeks, and we will try something else. Okay. Stay with me. And so, then, if it progresses to where they think it's serious enough, they'll say, okay, here's what we need to do. You actually were made with a zipper. And so we're going to unzip you and go inside and we have found out that you have spare parts. 
And many of those parts, they work, they don't work, and if they don't work, you don't really need them anyway, so we don't know why they're there. So if we take it out, you'll work just as good, so we do this. So we're going to take some parts out. I want you to say, I'm not saying this to be, I've been to doctors, they cut the thing off my nose. How many know what I'm saying? Doctors are a good thing. They are a good help. But we've gotten to the place where we will lean more on the natural because something has to die to believe in the life of Christ. To receive it. Romans chapter 8, I believe verse 14 says, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, He will also quicken and make alive your mortal body. If the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, He will quicken and make alive your natural body. Life is on the inside of you. But something has to die to agree with life. Something has to... Are you with me this morning? Something has to be sown to believe, or else I just keep going back to that. And, and, and you will take pills. We, I do it. We take the pills. We'll put this in. We'll inject it. You know, I mean, I get a headache. We take the Tylenol, but it's eating up our livers. Everything has an effect except this. And it's always me. If my challenge, your challenge, I get challenged all the time. The Spirit of God challenges me. I, 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 this is where I live. This is how I reason my faith out, guys. If I could die to that and sow myself into this, be with me. Now watch. This is what I believe. And I'm going to encourage you to believe it too. Bill, if you come back to the keyboard, please. I believe it's the will of God that we go to sleep in Jesus unless the rapture comes first. Come on, I'm still a rapture-believing pastor. I believe that at the right time, the angel's going to send the trumpet of the Lord, and we're going to... If you want to stay, send me a postcard. Show me how... It'll be worse than the video, I guarantee you. <laughs> We will ever be at the Lord. But God's will for you is that you go to sleep in Jesus. Hopefully not looking like Darth Vader. Amen. In my will, we have a clause, don't plug me in. If you have to plug me in, I'm not supposed to be here. But like Pastor Cole, I believe the will of God is that if we live right and believe right, you pull up to work one day, and instead of getting out of your car, you go home to be at the Lord. Amen? I believe like Brother Hagin, you get up to have breakfast one day, and while you're eating your oatmeal, you go be with the Lord. I believe like my grandfather, Tell your wife when you're 76, whatever age it is. Say, honey, call pastor. Tell him I'm too tired to come in this morning and teach the 
adult Sunday school class. I won't make it this week. And while your wife goes to make the phone call, you go be with the Lord. And you fall asleep in your recliner. Amen? I'm just saying this morning, I've been trying to get it across, that in order for God's Word to come, we have to step back and take a look at the things we buy into. We buy into so much stuff. But for some reason, it's so hard to buy into this. If, 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 if we talk about confession, people go, oh, that's that name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. We are naming and claiming and blabbing and grabbing everything. And most of it's negative in our life. Amen. Allergy season, it's flu season. Amen. Swine flu season. I'm not connected to pigs. I don't plan on getting what they have. Are you with me? That mean you never get sick? Less than most. And many times, let me just throw this in here while I'm on there. Do you know many times the Bible, almost every time Jesus dealt with something, the majority of times, it was a demonic attack. It was a spirit of infirmity. So we have authority over devils. Don't come over to my house. We're all sick. You'll get it too. How come we can say that to somebody, or somebody can say, and we don't get upset? But if you hear somebody saying, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm extremely prosperous. I'm blessed in everywhere I go. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I'm highly favored of the Lord. Oh, you're just arrogant. No, I just read my Bible. Just saying what God said. Are you with me this morning? Bow your head. you're here today and you're sitting next to your spouse, please take their hand. Everybody's head's bowed and eyes are closed. If you're married and you're here today together. You've had battles in your marriage over things that haven't died. And I encourage you to let them die today. You can leave here this morning sowing what you've been holding on to. Burying that thing. Allowing it to die. And you can open your marriage up to resurrection life. Just for sake of privacy or you're holding your spouse's hand if there's something that you know you haven't let die just gently squeeze their hand and let them know that you're going to let that go today you're choosing to let that die because you believe that if it dies 
it'll come back in resurrection form. You're not giving it just for the resurrection. But you're giving it because the one that owns the hand that you're holding in your heart is more valuable than the thing you've been holding on to. And you're saying to them, I, I, I value you above the thing that I've refused to let die. And I choose you above that right now. Father, I pray for our marriages and our families. Lord, I pray for our couples that are here today as they're holding hands and thinking about their lives. God, I pray that you help each one of them, husband and wife together, live and fulfill their vows. We've said, I, I give my life to you. In our vows, we exchange that phrase. All that I am and all that I ever shall be, I give you now. Father, we affirm that to one another right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, we're not going to keep it. We're not going to allow something that should be dead to war against the life that we should have together. We choose to die today. In Jesus' name. You're here today and coming to Christ. You've been satisfied with just having God in your head. But afraid to give up. Afraid to die. In order to have life. I can just tell you as somebody who's been on both sides of both of these coins. Failure in marriage. Failure in coming to Christ. Coming to God. 19 when my grandfather preached and just experiencing God but not giving my life to Him. Then walking out and just going away with an experience but not a resurrection. Then finding myself six years later completely destroyed by my own choices. And then coming back to God and learning to die. You're here today and that's you and you've just held on. I invite you to choose life life that follows death that's you while heads are bowed and eyes are closed we're just praying would you just raise your hand and say pastor that's me I need to die today thank you sweetheart thank you thank you thank you son thank you son thank you sweetheart amen wow Anybody else? God pulling on your heart. Thank you, sweetheart. I found this by dying to Christ first. It made it easy to live for my wife, to give and say yes to her. And I valued my life in Him more than anything else. I don't want the way our relationship is to affect my relationship with Him. So it's been easier for me to die. It hasn't been easy, easy, but it's easier to die when you're living for Him 
when you're not. Feel like God's still pulling on somebody. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say yes. And walk without it. It's no fun without it. Father, I pray for those that raise their hands this morning. I'm not asking them to come forward because it's not in the coming forward. It's not in the prayer. It's in the choice and the decision. They're raising their hand that they know they need to die. And Father, I can't pray that for them. I can't perform any act over them that will make that happen. They choose that today. Lord, you saw the honesty on every heart that raised their hands. I ask you to bless them. I ask you to continue to reveal and show your love to them. In Jesus' name. Thank you for their honesty with you. Lord, I thank you. You're going to continue to draw them to you. You're going to reveal and make yourself known to them in a greater and a larger way than ever before. I thank you for the promise of life you've given to them. Newness of life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, God's good. Amen. We love you. Tonight at 6, we're going to be here for intercessory prayer. Please come join us. We pray for an hour because we believe that prayer makes a difference. We'd love to have you here praying with us tonight. Tuesday night, our midweek service. If you haven't been through an encounter weekend, sign up for this weekend. Put it up and just make the decision. I'll spend the weekend seeking God, believing that it would transform my life. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Amen.